Thank you for tuning in to the Believer's Church of Johnson City podcast. We are grateful you stopped by. Regardless of where you are in your faith journey, we hope today's teaching is both challenging and also encourages you to move closer to Jesus. You can subscribe to the podcast if you want weekly messages, leave a review of your experience, and if you wish to become a giving partner, you can do so by visiting our website at believerschurchjc.com. And of course, we want to encourage you to come see us in person. We are located at 6110 Kingsport Highway in Johnson City, Tennessee. As always, we hope you enjoy today's message. So words can't express how excited I am about what we're going to be talking about today. Last week, we introduced our vision series for 2023, A Mess Worth Making. And today, we're going to start getting into the first of three cultural messy shifts that are going to take place at Believer's Church in 2023. The first one that I'll mention, the one that we're going to be talking about today, the first shift is we must make the shift from understanding our church as a home church to a sending station. Okay, a home church to a sending station. We'll go into that today. The second shift, I I can't emphasize the importance of being here next week. It's going to be so, so important what we're going to be talking about. And this is going from church attenders to disciple makers. Okay, so just religious consumers that are at a church on a regular basis to the calling that each one of us have on our lives to make disciples. It's going to be very important. And then shift number three that we're working on this year is from the idea of simply volunteering and serving in the church to what we're going to call spirit-filled gifting. All of these things are very messy, but I'm excited about the opportunity to be able to share these things with you as we continue to grow into the future that God has for us. So today we're going to talk about our first shift. We must make this shift from the church as a home church to a sending station. Now there are three brief implications that I want to share with you before we actually get into the passage. We're going to be in Mark chapter 6 if you want to turn there. Otherwise you can just look up on the screen here in just a little while. You can use your phone. We're going to be in Mark chapter 6, but really quickly, three brief implications and then we'll move further. The first is this. I believe that the local church must operate like a family. That's really, really important. I'm not going to take any emphasis away from that. So when we talk about sending people out to multiply disciples in other places, we're not taking away from the emphasis of how important this family is because it's crucial to who we are. The relationships that we've built have become life-sustaining relationships. It's very important. But this family must understand at the same time its mission. So I believe the local church must operate like a family, but this family must understand its mission. Number two, I believe that fellowship is critical. It's really important. I'm really excited. We didn't announce it today, but on March the 28th, I'm sorry, January the 28th, we, I'm ready for spring in case you can't tell. On January the 28th, we're going to be having a men's prayer breakfast here, and the time that we get to spend together is, is always wonderful. But if we're looking outward and we're talking about the church as a sending station, our mission and our time of fellowship should always be directed outward instead of inward. We're not a social club. All right, we're not simply just trying to get to know one another better, but there is a world outside of this church that needs Jesus, and we are being called to scatter. And that leads us to the next implication, and it's this. I believe that the comfort of being part of a family, which is nice sometimes, shouldn't overpower the obedient call, the Acts model call to scatter. 
And that's what we're about. If it's your first Sunday here, you've not been here much, we're not trying to build a big church. Right? That's not our goal. That's not our calling. That's not our mission. Our mission is to make disciples and to send these disciples in the Northeast Tennessee region, possibly other places as well as the Holy Spirit leads, and to continue to scatter and scatter and scatter. That's not a knock on big churches or anything like that. It's just what we know that we have been called to do. So what I'm going to be teaching today is hard, and more than that, it's messy, but I can promise that it's a mess worth making. So Mark chapter 6 is where we're going to be, and we are going to look at the second part of verse 6, and we're going to read through verse 12. I can promise, just like last week, as some of you guys reached out to me, very convicting stuff, very hard stuff. It's not the way most of you were taught that church was supposed to be conducted. Because most of us were, were taught, you go to a church, you become a member, you stay in that church, you become a deep part of that church, you grow that church. That's sometimes as far as it goes. But we're going to look at what the gospel says about this today. So this is Mark chapter 6, in the second part of verse 6. It says, Then Jesus traveled throughout the surrounding villages. Keep in mind that he's had a lot of time at this point to spend with the disciples. He called for the twelve, which he has a really good relationship with at this point, and he sends them out in pairs. He gave them authority over unclean spirits. He instructed them to take nothing for the journey except a walking stick, no bread, no bags, no money in their belts. He told them to wear sandals, but not to put on two shirts, or as some of your translations say, tunics. He said, whatever house you enter, remain there until you leave that place. If a place doesn't welcome you or listen to you as you leave, shake the dust off your feet as a witness against them. So they went out and proclaimed that people should change their hearts and lives. Last week we were in Mark chapter 3, this week we're in Mark chapter 6. So what I would refer to this as, this sending of the disciples as the church before the church was formally established. So we understand the formal establishment of the church in the book of Acts. After Easter, we're going to get back into our Acts series, Unstoppable Church. I think we're going to be starting somewhere around Acts 8. I think that's about as far as we made it last year. We're going to go back there. But this is what we would talk about as the origin or the beginning of the church, the sending out before the church was actually formally established. So this is some pretty serious stuff. You know, you're supposed to be sent out in pairs. You're supposed to be possession free. You're supposed to do these kinds of things. So somehow what we've managed to do is we take passages like this, the sending out, the healing, and the possession free work of the disciples. And this is what we do. We say this was certainly for them, but this is not for us today. And we do this in all different parts of the Bible. There are these parts that were for them at that time, but they're not for us today. Instead, what we're supposed to do, on the other hand, we're supposed to join a church that's already been established, a lot like Believer's Church. We're to make friends there, go there every Sunday, and live our lives the best that we can. So I'm going to go back into that one more time. This, this sending out, this healing, this possession-free work of the disciples, this radical lifestyle. It's not for us today. It was for them. It makes sense that they did that. That was a different world. Those were different times. That commitment made sense then, uh, back then. But today, what we're supposed to do on the other hand, on the other hand, you move to a nice area. Maybe you've been in a church your entire life. 
We're supposed to go there. We're supposed to build within that church and, and, and build up the body, which would be true. The people that we care about, the people that we love, the people we're serving with. And then we're just supposed to try to live our lives the best way that we can. What I would like to suggest this morning and present to you is that this belief is not only dangerous, but this belief is utterly false. And today I will share with you the Jesus mentality on understanding the church as a sending station. I know this is new language. I know that some of you have, are, are very familiar with it, but others of you have maybe never heard it described in this way. This permanent environment of inertia where we're just, we're there and we just eventually die. Right? That is not the gospel calling. So what is the Jesus mentality for the church as a sending station? So what we're going to be walking through this year at Believer's Church, and we've already started. We talked about multiplication all of last year. Had a lot to do with our vision series, had a lot to do with what we did in Acts. So we're already building the culture here, but we're taking it further this year. So the first thing that we want to recognize is that sending is the Jesus mentality. Sending is the Jesus mentality. And if sending is the Jesus mentality, then it must be our mentality as well. First part of verse 7 says this, He, Jesus, called for the twelve, and he sent them out in pairs. This idea of being sent comes from the Greek word apostle. It literally means to live our lives on mission, and not only to be sent out, but whenever we are sent out, we are sent out with a purpose. If Beth recognizes that she's making, yesterday we had white chicken chili. If she recognizes that she's making something, and I forgot when I went to the grocery store to get a few ingredients, and she sends me out, she's not sending me out just to get away from screaming kids, though that's part of it. All right, that's my part of it. But she is sending me out with a specific purpose to make sure that I'm bringing something home that we need. So whenever we are sent out, we are sent out with a very specific purpose purpose. Now, some of you will stay at this location, 6110 Kingsport Highway for the rest of your life. And that's wonderful. It's wonderful because you feel called here. It's wonderful because you're a deep part of this body and have been for a long time. It makes sense because you live very close to the church. Some of those things make sense. We still need people at this location, but each one of us need to understand that we are being sent out with a missionary spirit and that has to be a mindset for every single believer, even if it just so happens that you happen to stay here at this church. So there are many of you that will never be a pastor. There are uh, many of you here that will never be a, a worship pastor or a music leader. There are those of you here that will never lead a children's ministry or a student ministry or all of these other functions as a church. But that doesn't mean that we're not sent out with a missionary spirit. It doesn't mean that we, don't have, that we don't understand that as part of our calling. So an analogy that always comes to mind whenever I think about this, chili's coming up a lot today. But I'm going to refer to this as groups chili night. All right, groups chili night. So it was after COVID, or, or I should say COVID had slowed down. People started to feel a lot safer about coming to church, being around a whole lot of people. We got our group started back. This was probably in uh, maybe early 2021, I think is maybe when this happened. It could have been later in 2021. But some of our groups meet here at the church. And the first thing that we do is we have this big potluck. 
And for those of you that are part of the groups that meet at the church, you know how good the food is. Like every, we have a theme every single Sunday night. When people bring in the food, we have groups also that meet in homes and other locations. But for those of us that meet here, you've got all this food. And then there was chili night. And for some reason, you remember chili night. For some reason, only about two people brought pots of chili. And I'm thinking, thank goodness I ordered the Papa John's pizza for the kids so that we have something, because you've got 60, 70 people coming in that are used to being able to eat, and there's no food there. And I think the assumption is, well, somebody else was going to bring it. Maybe I don't really like to, to you know, always contribute. I don't really like to, to make chili, so I'm not going to bring anything on this particular night. It's kind of like giving to the church, or it's kind of like serving within the church. There's this assumption that someone else is always going to do it. And I want you to think about it this way, as far as this sent mentality. I want you to remove every other person that is in this room right now from your mind. All right, remove every single person that's in this mind, except for Jason Nave or, or Tammy McGill. Remove everyone else, and let's assume for just a second that you carry the identity Christian or Christianity. I know some of you don't. You're seekers. You're trying to figure this whole, thing's, this whole thing out, and we welcome you, and we love you. But some of you in here, you're saying, I am a Christian. There's no doubt about that. This is the question that I would ask you. What would the Christian faith look like if it depended on your witness? If we just took Jeremy Hodge, if we just took Jim Greenlee, what would the Christian faith look like if it depended solely upon your witness. You have a responsibility to spread the good news of Jesus in a radically uncomfortable way in your life. And this is part of what it means to be sent. But you see, the problem is that for years, we've spent time creating churches that we believe people want to come to. Prior to that, a common problem was, historically, the churches really had this inward focus, and everything was about us. And the solution to both of these problems is to understand the Spirit as a missionary spirit. We are not creating a church that wants to make every single person happy, but instead we're creating a church that is training and equipping people to take the message out. And whenever we are bogged down with production... And every, whenever we're bogged down with all of these other little things that are taking place, we never get to the heart of discipleship and what it is that we are supposed to be doing. So the solution to both of these problems is understanding this missionary spirit. And this means that our primary focus is to take the gospel to other places, not create permanent environments where we expect people to come to us. Please understand this about the world that you live in today. Unless your, your head is buried in the sand, you live in a post-Christian world. This is not the 1930s or the 40s or the 50s where revival is breaking out everywhere. This is not even the, the 80s or the 90s. This is a very, very different time. 4% of, of teenagers have what we would call a biblical world view. This is a different time. People are not going to continue to come to us. It is a responsibility to take this to the neighborhoods of the poor, of the broken, 
of the struggling, of the addicted, and show who Jesus is. So there is this sending mentality, but also simplicity is the Jesus mentality. Simplicity is the Jesus mentality. This is what the passage says. He instructed them to take nothing with them for the journey, but a walking stick. And the primary reason that he's doing this is because our attachments destroy us. Some of you in here, you've, you've always got to make the next rank in your job. You've always got to have the next car. Your church has always got to have all these things. And somehow you continue to be empty. How does that work? We have to be in a place where we are stripping ourselves of the things that I saw myself one way for many years, and I no longer see myself that way. And the more that we get bogged down as a church, as far as our possessions, our stuff, our things, the more difficult this is going to be. No money in your belts. He told them, wear sandals, do not put on two shirts. Now, here's the religious consumer. And I'm speaking to some people in this room today. I may even be speaking to the majority of the room today. All right. So the religious consumer looks for places where they can receive spiritual comfort while never being challenged to step out and die to their stuff. All right. You, you can, you can have my time for an hour. If you've got a good kids ministry, we'll go there. If the preacher is decent, we'll go there. But when you start trying to tell me that I'm to die to self, that I'm to step out. No, we're done with that. They see the need for a relaxed spiritual experience, but not something that rattles their bones. And the second they are faced with real challenge or you expect something of them, they back away or they go away. And this is what I'm saying today, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart. If this room shrinks, that's okay. Because we are looking for people that have a heart for God that are looking for people, we're looking for people who want to be discipled, and I do not have the energy, and this church does not have the capital to entertain you all the time. So this is where we are as a church. The current mentality with most churches, get this, because this is very important, the current mentality with most churches, most of the churches that we follow and that we admire, is to use church capital for the present to make a come and see environment and push discipleship to the future. We have it backwards. This is the way it's supposed to look. Discipleship has to be the present, present and our capital has to build a future in other places. I'm going to say that one more time. The current mentality with most churches is that we use our capital to build this come and see environment and we push discipleship to the future. But what it's supposed to be is that disciples are made. The primary function of the church and church capital is pushed forward to build the future. If you are going to plant churches, if you are going to till the soil for movement of the spirit, we have to learn the art of simplicity. But also thirdly, and probably most important, or at least it ties all of this is together because this is where the transformation happens. Life change is the Jesus mentality. So being sent is the Jesus mentality. We can't get away from that. Even if you are in this church for the rest of your life, the, the sent mentality is something you carry. So that's something that I want you to think about. You call yourself a Christian, right? You say that you're a follower of Jesus. Within your mind, is there a sent mentality a missionary spirit. I'm not talking to new believers. You've been saved for a month. You've been saved maybe for three or four months. I'm talking to some of you that have been saved for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Have you bought into this gimmick 
that we're supposed to be in the same place for the rest of our lives or that we're supposed to expand the church further and further and further? Where is your mind? Simplicity. Are your material possessions more important? Are the next, not, the next notch on your belt rising in status? Is that more important? Or the things that you need to sacrifice to be a true disciple of Jesus? There are so many things that we have to let go in order to understand Jesus clearly and see Jesus clearly. But then also life changes the Jesus mentality. And life change is not happening in most places. We have some behavior modification. Uh, we have a little bit of improvement. But what are we talking about whenever we talk about life change? This is critical. Some people become part of a church, and I'm talking to some people that are in the room right now, and they use this phrase, church family, that we've talked about. I'll say again, it's a great, because you guys are my church family. It's a, and you know what? If some of you are sent other places, within our network, you'll still be part of my church family. All right, but we use this word church family because of the collective nature of caring for people. And whenever we build, relate, I'm a sociologist as well. This is, just, this is also just science. All right, when, we, when we get closer to other people and we build these relationships, it improves our mental health. There, there's no question about that. It's better than isolation. Okay, so that's there. Also, helping others makes us feel good about who we are. You know, when we do outreach projects, when we do things in the community, it makes us feel good. Being part of a community is good for you. Relationships are good for you. But what we're talking about when we talk about life change is something that goes deeper and is something that goes further. Verse 12 says, so they went out and proclaimed that people should change their hearts and their lives. Some of your translations use the, the very valuable word, repent, all right? Other translations say repent. So literally what this means, and we talk about this a lot, is to change the direction of your life. I was this way. For a long time, I practiced these things. For a long time, my, my job or my my vacations or, or whatever it might be were the most important things in my life, but I have completely changed directions. So there is a big difference. Please understand this. There is a big difference between mental improvement or behavior modification and changing the direction of your life. There is a big difference because this is what some people will say. Some people will say, well, my husband is doing so much better since we started going to church. He's being nicer to me, and he's helping a little bit around the house. And those are good things. But when we talk about life change, we say he's committed to you, and he's no longer looking at pornography. When we talk about life change, we say he is so committed to you, he's given up drinking. He's given up all those patterns and those behavior. And when people at his work, they're like, there is something different about him. So Jesus is not talking about church is a social event. He's not talking about behavior modification. He's not talking about mental improvement. He's talking about a change from the inside out. And this is what happens when we stop looking at this view of simply church family, and we start to look at it as an actual sending station. Uh, Romans 12, 2 says this, and we're actually going to use this passage in a few weeks also. It says, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed. This word transform in the Greek comes from metamorphi. When you think about a caterpillar, a caterpillar does not look like a butterfly. It's something completely different. It's not something that just changes a little bit. It's something that is completely transformed from the inside out because of how good God is. So that you can figure out what God's will is, what is good and pleasing 
and mature. You see, you can't understand being sent if you're simply trying to improve your mental behavior. You'll last about three weeks. And the second that it's really hard and you miss like the really powerful worship here because you're setting up in an elementary school and tearing down in an elementary school, which is the way that this church started, setting up and tearing down every single Sunday, the process of church planting, you start missing the homeland. Well, things were a lot better there. We didn't have the drama. That was, I promise there's drama here. You just don't know about it. But you start to miss all of these things that were going on there because you don't have the maturity. Because you don't have the strength. So a little bit of, a little bit of self-help, a little bit of psychological affirmation, it can make you a better friend. It can make you a better spouse. It can make you a better co-worker. But it's not something that's going to clean what's inside of you. It's not something that's going to fill that void that is within you. You're not ready to plant the seeds of unconditional love with just a little improvement. But if you've changed the direction of your life, because of the goodness and the forgiveness of God that steeps down low into the muck and the mire where your sin is and finds you and then calls you his own? Oh, that's a change. That's transformation. That's a situation in which you're like, well, I'm a corporate person. I'm a school teacher. I'm a, a, a dentist. I, I work in retail. And I feel like even though I can, I'm not a, a, a pastor or a worship leader, but God is calling me out with this team from Believer's Church to plant in a new... My, I didn't see my life direction going this way at all. But that's what the power of God does for us. So what is the opposite of the genuine function of the people of God? What does the opposite of it look like? And some of you are in this place. Immobility. You're going to stay put. Comfort. Comfort is huge. And complacency. And these are the mindset of the religious consumer. Now, we can't create a heart for this in one Sunday. You know, I don't anticipate standing up here today and then having 15 people come to me after church. We're ready to go wherever you guys are ready to send. This is something that we've already started, but that has to be baked and built into a culture over a period of time that we understand that is great. Listen, I have made some incredible relationships in this church in the last two and a half years, and I personally believe at this stage of my life that God has called me to be at this location for a very long time. But you want to know something? If that urge starts to build with inside... I can't tell it no. I've tried and then I get in a lot of trouble. And my life starts going really bad and really poorly and bad things start happening. I can't, I can't sleep. So this is the mindset that you guys might have. Well, wait a minute. I've, I've got my, my kids' sports. Or, or we take vacations four times a year. Or we've got these important events that we have that we need to make sure that we take care of. You will never, and I'm in no way saying take time away from your family, because those of you that know me as a pastor know that that is the central value. It's God, family, church. But if you're not building in the reality of obedience and a call to sending, 
the suggestions that, that I'm going to make is that maybe you need to pay a little closer attention. Maybe you need to read right here and see that the disciples were never called to build First Methodist Church or First Baptist Church or First Presbyterian Church of Boone's Creek and never be sent out. Their ministry was on the road. And we see this in the book of Acts as we look as well. So though we can't create this on one Sunday, we can walk through the difficulty of the process of praying through this together and letting God lead. Some of the people that God's even brought into this church, just the answered prayers, it's absolutely incredible. So there are several different ways that I could end this today. But what I want to do is provide some differences in what we would call a home church mindset and a sending station mindset. A home church mindset and a sending station mindset for you guys to think about just for a minute. And I'll say this first. A home church mindset says that church is a place I go. A sending station mindset says a church says church is something we become as we work in the world together. This is the missionary spirit. You see, this is not, for me, church is through the week. Sunday's just my energy time. Like, that's when I get to be with you guys and get built up for all this I'm going to face on Monday through Saturday. So I don't think I ever even use the phrase in the middle of the week that I'm going to church. I am the church. You guys are the church. This is just a building. All right, this is a building that's been rented, you know, for 10 or 11 years, and we've got a five-year lease, and we don't even know what's going to happen after that. You are the church. We're called to scatter. A home church mindset says that the church is about the world inside of the building. Take care of everything inside the building. Maintain all the functions inside of the building. A sending station mindset says the church is about the world outside of the building. This is a post Christian world, and the truth will not come to the people unless truth is brought to people. But then a home church mindset says that we need to build things to keep people here. You know, we got to make this place cool enough. We got to make it relevant enough. We got to focus on 6110 Kingsport Highway and nothing else for the rest of our lives. A sending station mindset says that we need to make disciples to send other places. I know that you've maybe never been challenged in this way. I know that this kind of information may be new. I, may, I know that it may be scary. And if you come from a traditional enough mindset, there's even a good possibility that you're questioning what I'm saying. The only thing that I know to do is show you Scripture. I mean, that's the only thing that I can do and try to be obedient to that calling in my life. So what I'm going to ask you to do, because we're not going anywhere tomorrow, but what I'm going to ask you to do is start to discern this process in your heart and in your life. Because what we have done is we have really, really watered down with American consumerism and weak religion. We have really watered down what it's supposed to look like to follow Jesus. It's radical, it's obedient, it's scary, and it's very, very messy. So with all heads bowed this morning and all eyes closed, I want to present uh, just a thought to you right now, um, not, not suggesting that this morning is the time, you know, that you're supposed to be sent out and that you're supposed to go somewhere. But what I'm asking for, as God works among us right now, as the Holy Spirit's presence begins to convict you where you are 
to just very simply this morning, open your heart. That's all I'm asking you to do. Open your heart. And if you're wanting God to show you the authenticity of the gospel and a sending mindset, if you are willing to say, God, I'm going to go from the place that I am or for the place that I have held on to for so long, and I am willing to step out in a new way of thinking, what I'm going to ask you to do, if you, if you, if you feel it called to do this morning, is just to come up here and pray. And I'm going to ask you again, I'm not suggesting by you pray, okay, she's going to another church, she's going to another church, he's going to a church plant. I'm asking you to be receptive. I'm asking you to show confidence in the vision that God is calling us toward. You see, there's a very good possibility for so many of you that you have just, you could be in your 30s, 40s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and you have not lived a fraction of the life that God has for you. God is calling some of you out to do things that Matt Smith could never do or never even fathom. Holy Spirit, we know that you're among us. And we pray this morning, Father, that you just fill this place with your glory. I pray, God, that you help us to envision a future. I pray that you help us to see and understand over time where we're supposed to go. But God, in this moment right now, I'm asking that you open hearts and that you open lives. And God, you simply make us receptive to the work that you want us to do. Fill this place, Almighty God, with your presence. We pray these things in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We want to thank you again for listening to the Believer's Church podcast. Make sure you join us next week as we continue in this series. Also, we'd love a chance to connect with you. Make sure you visit BelieversChurchJC.com and enjoy the rest of your week.